Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Meteorites have been raining down on us for millions of years, but what do they tell us about the early days of the solar system? Our planet is being bombarded near continuously with meteorites. But what do they tell us about some of the biological expansion events in our past? What do they tell us about the giant asteroid collisions that caused them in the first place? And what is happening with them today? We find out more about asteroids and meteorites on the fourth year anniversary special of the Grange Point. 470 million years ago, there was a tremendous collision deep in space between a large asteroid and some other huge rocky object somewhere between Mars and Jupiter. And this sent fragments everywhere. Now, some of it we see in the Jovian Trojan asteroid belts, but also a lot of it made its way to Earth. And this constant and heavy bombardment of Earth by these meteorites lasted for millions and millions of years. And pretty much when we examine all meteorites delivered to Earth or found on Earth, 20% of them come from this asteroid breakup period. So it was truly a cataclysmic error, at least in meteor activity. But curiously, during that time, also saw one of the largest expansions of biodiversity and species in Earth's history. Now keep in mind, this is very, very early days for the Earth, and most life was confined to the depths of the ocean, around vents in large bacteria and algae colonies. But there was an explosion, almost equivalent to the Cambrian explosion of life, in both diversity, type, and location. And scientists for years have been studying the connection between, well, this giant explosion of life, called the Great Ordovician Biodiversification Event, or GOB, and, well, this asteroid shower that continued for millions of years, otherwise known as the Middle Ordovician Meteor Event. And scientists have been trying to figure out exactly what the connection has been between these two things. And recent research, conducted by scientists, led by Assistant Professor Christian Rasmussen from the Natural History Museum of Denmark, have been studying in detail what connection there is or isn't between these two large events. Did the asteroids cause more life to happen? Or was life chugging along just on its own with little impact from the asteroids? The recent paper seems to suggest an overturning of the previously accepted scientific basis. So 470 million years ago, Earth was a very, very different place. Now, the large continents were still starting to break up. Well, for example, like Gondwana, the supercontinent, hadn't quite completely destructed yet, but it was moving away from some of the other supermass continents around there as the continental shelves moved and changed. And what that meant is that there were some large, shallow seas covering what was now most of North America and Europe, but at the time was just part of Gondwana. And these shallow, clear waters near the continental edges is where a lot of the life was congregated, gathered, and grew. And what we saw was that inside these uh, shallow oceans, there was large amounts of life. The Cambrian explosion had come and gone, the very first real expansion of life into things such as trilobites and other small aquatic animals. But there were large algae and bacteria colonies scattered throughout the sea, and the first, well, plants inside the water had started to form, and we're seeing the emergence of reefs, of coral, and other large systems. 
Also things like nautilids and trilobites and other bottom feeders were reigning supreme. We saw the early mollusks and other some really, really basic vertebrae. And during this period of this gobe event, it was pretty much the greatest expansion of the amounts of type of life around. We went from having not many species and not really much biodiversity to every possible different type of life you could imagine. Sea stars, corals, different shapes that were never before seen or sometimes even never seen again emerged in this amazing period of time. And this rapid expansion of the type of species and rapid evolution and growth also led to some of the very first plants emerging on land right near the edges on the on the shorelines. We saw the very first plants start to grow out of the water and into the land. And this also marked a pretty amazing part of the start of life. But going on at the same time, of course, was this fantastic meteorite collision that then just rained down meteors for a period of millions of years. And now when scientists have been looking back through the fossil record from the Ordovican period, they can actually see that next to and amongst all the rocks from that era, filled with the trilobites, plant life and other small creatures from that period, they were finding meteorites. And the question always led them to, well, was this sudden rapid explosion in diversity caused or related to the constant bombardment by these meteorites? Were they exciting the, the waters by heating them up or changing them in some way, introducing perhaps some new life that was called acting as a catalyst? And to really answer this question, scientists had to start dating. Well, not just anyone, but more specifically zircon and using the zircon to get a precise date of when and where these meteorites were landing and tie that back to the fossil records that they had. Now, what makes zircon so special is that zircon generally comes from the volcanic chambers deep inside a volcano. And when an eruption occurs, they're extruded out into the Earth's surface and form and capture a lot of the dust and other volcanic ash from the actual period of the eruption that created them. And that's amazing, because when it does this, it traps inside it all different kinds of particles, including radioactive uranium. And that can be used to really, really precisely date when that eruption actually occurred. Much in the same way we use isotopes to track the decay rate of these isotopes back to a specific point in time in carbon dating. This is the same process as more precise when applied to uranium, because it's a bit more stable and a bit more understood. So when we use carbon or radioactive uranium dating in this instance, we actually get a really precise time for when the eruption occurred. And that is useful because we found some meteorites connected at the same time with these eruptions, either encased in the zircon or near the zircon. Uh, and this enables the scientists studying this to precisely pinpoint when the eruption occurred and those meteorites impacting the Earth. Now, when they analyze the meteorites themselves using standard uh, spectroscopic testing. They can also understand the decay and the age of the asteroid that this meteorite came from and when it sort of broke apart. So now you have when the impact occurred and the age of the meteorite itself. And these two things together enable you to put together a timeline for what happened first. Now, scientists using this found out that, well, 
the impact of this asteroid happened later than we thought. It didn't start at the very beginning of this explosion of life. It's not the cause or the trigger. Because the greater Ordovician bioexpansion event, the GOP, actually happened around 2.5 million years before the asteroid even broke up in the first place. That's not the impact. That's before the asteroid had even broken and fragmented into all these little meteorites that started to shower down on Earth. And this precise pinpointing means that these researchers are able to say with confidence that the asteroid explosion and showering of meteorites on Earth for millions of years wasn't the trigger for the GOB expansion event, but it happened anyway. So these two things events have happened and they're not directly connected. Life was expanding and flourishing in different formats well before this asteroid started showering down on Earth lots of little meteorites. And it's only we've only managed to do this through really precise dating of the meteorites and the zircon surrounding them. So if they aren't connected, if the asteroid explosion and shattering of meteorites onto Earth didn't trigger or spark all this life, well, what did? Well, much like the Cambrian explosion, the changing environment, the presence of the seas, the glaciers on the land, the changing temperatures in the atmosphere, all led to expansion and contractions in the populace. And these kind of natural waves and peaks and troughs of life and diversity is probably more to cause than any sort of exotic influence from meteorites. That's some great work being done out of the Natural History Museum of Denmark, led by Assistant Professor Christian Rumerson. life in the ocean that was rocked and impacted by this massive asteroid collision that occurred about 470 million years ago. It's also been messing up our understanding of asteroids and meteorites that come to Earth ever since then. The problem's been that when we look at most meteorites now, they all bear a a pretty strong similarity to the same ones we're finding relating back to that big collision that just created a meteorite shower for millions of years. And that's because it's a bit like trying to analyze something uh, after the fact. So you like looking outside on a snowy day and this concluding that, well, all days are snowy, even though, well, in reality, it might be normally quite snow free. And that's the problem that we have. Most of the meteorites that we see nowadays are actually also still related to this big collision millions and millions of years ago. And nothing goes further to show that by analyzing the micrometeorites that are actually older than 470 million years ago. So to peel back and understand exactly the types of asteroids and meteorites that are out there. Philip Heck from the Field Museum in Chicago has been studying the different types of meteorites that are over 500 million years old and comparing them to the ones we see now. When you look at the ones from over 500 million years ago, it's often quite hard to find them on Earth. In fact, they they sort of narrowed down their study to tiny specks of space rock less than 2 millimeters in diameter. And they're a lot more widespread and easy to find. You can find them, well, at the bottom of ancient seafloors, exposed in Russian riverbeds, or anywhere else. And you can also identify them because they have these microscopic chromite crystals. Um, that are the only things left after the rest of the rock has been dissolved in acid over the years. And these little chrome spinels, these little crystals that contain the mineral chromite, are basically remaining unchanged even after the hundreds of billions of years. 
And from that, we're actually able to determine where they came from, what kind of parent asteroid made them up. And when we analyze these different types of meteorites, what we find is that, well, if you think about the pre-big collision, the ones older than the 470 million years ago, most of those meteorites, about 35%, actually have this chrome spinels inside them. Uh, and if you look today, only about 0.545% of meteorites have that chrome in them. And that's because they come from a different type of asteroid. Now, at the moment, the most meteorites we see are dominated by remnants of this massive collision. And before this massive collision occurred, well, lots of other different types of asteroids dominated the landscape and thus showered down on Earth lots of different types of meteorites. We've also found that a lot of the other old ancient meteorites, uh, older than 500 million years old, actually have some of the relics of the asteroid Vesta, which still exists now today, but was involved in a really, really big collision uh, around a billion years ago. And we can see in the records that up till about 500 million years ago, that was also one of the predominant sources of meteorites that actually hit Earth. So when we think about what showers down to Earth as shooting stars or meteorites, there's a lot going into it. And we're still dealing with the consequences of a large collision hundreds of millions of years ago today. talking about things from hundreds of millions of years ago, you think that while the impact of all these micrometeorites and meteorites raining down on Earth are uh, something of the past, yeah, cool and exciting, but uh, nothing really that much that's impacting our lives. But more than 100 billion micrometeorites, these are things that are millimeters in size, fall to Earth each year. That's a large amount. And researchers and citizens themselves have been collecting and studying these micrometeorites. There's a fantastic project called Project Stardust run out of Oslo in Norway that uh, finds about 48 particles a year uh, and collects over, at the moment they've collected over 600 samples from 50 countries over seven years, uh, mostly spearheaded by John Larson from Norway. But this is a basically a collection project to gather large amounts of these micrometeorites for study and analysis. Now, ever since then, researchers, including... Matthew Gange from Imperial College in London, together with his Norwegian colleagues, have been studying over 500 of these micrometeorites to see what exactly makes them up and where they come from. And they've found, well, they're found in really odd locations, from city rooftops to uh, riverbeds and sand and many other places. And what the analysis has shown is that most of the materials are derived actually from both asteroids and comets, but almost all of them have gone through some port of significant heating and melting as they enter the atmosphere, which makes sense. And the most uh, abundant of the types that we see are cosmic spherules, basically completely melted droplets dominated by sort of quenching when they suddenly rapidly chill again, uh, features along the feature lines of these micrometeorites. And it's, it's a fascinating little piece of research to consider that we're getting hit by samples hundreds of millions of the billions of these micrometeorites each day, and you wouldn't even know it. 
And analyzing and studying these helps reveal a lot about not just what's going on today, but what happened billions of years ago, potentially, in our solar system, as we've learned through the other two news stories. And this is some great research uh, being done by citizen scientists, as well as scientists from Norway and Imperial College in London, gathering together all these samples and analyzing and piecing together the history of our solar system. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. Meteorites almost continuously rain down on Earth, and whilst they may not have caused the Ordovician expansion, they probably are influencing life around as we know it. Our ending theme was composed by Audionatics. Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.